0: Number 30, 30, additional... The following program is sponsored by Incorporated.
1: Today on Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. God told Israel to establish a testimony in Jacob and he commanded our fathers, one generation, to teach their children the second generation and that third generation will rise up and tell them to their children. Listen, Paul desires that the torch of the heavenly light be transmitted unquenched from one generation to the next.
0: Welcome to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. We're continuing our study in 2 Timothy, examining the Apostle Paul's last words to his young protege. As Paul awaited execution in a Roman dungeon, he wrote this poignant and powerful letter charging Timothy and all of us to carry the gospel into the future. The gospel has been faithfully delivered to us in the 21st century, but now a new generation is being prepared to pick up the baton. Philip explains how in a message titled, Leadership Development. Leadership Development.
1: Since we're talking today about impacting the next generation through raising up godly leaders, I don't know if you've seen this on the internet. It's called homeschooled, and it's exact words of parents to their children, and how we've all been schooled by the generation before us and what they have taught us. Here's how it goes. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. She said, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I've just finished cleaning. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that this comes out of the carpet. My father taught me irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me stamina. You'll sit there until all that spinach is gone. My mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait till your father gets home. My father taught me humor. When the lawnmower cuts off your toes don't come running to me. My mother taught me wisdom. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. And my father taught me about justice. One day you'll all have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> Our parents teach us a lot, you know, one generation impacting the next. And to get serious, here in 2 Timothy 2 verses 1 to 2, Paul gives us a model of leadership development. And that's my message, leadership development. Follow along, 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. In his 27 years as the manager of Manchester United, Sir Alex Ferguson accumulated 38 trophies. That's quite a stash. Five FA Cups, 13 Premier League titles, and three of them consecutively in a row, two European Championship League trophies. Ferguson turned Manchester United into one of the biggest commercial soccer brands in the world, and he established himself... As one of the most successful British managers of all time. But a year ago I read a book that he wrote called Leading, where he kind of shares his management style and leadership approach at Manchester United. And then it I was interested to read a chapter entitled Assembling the Pieces. And then it he talks about the pipeline. When he talks about the pipeline, he's talking about the fact that Manchester United had a web of scouts who were out among the schools of Scotland and Ireland and England looking for the next great player. They had clinics all across the country. They had a school of soccer in Manchester where they were indeed established. Because Ferguson understood that he needed to find the next new player. In fact, if you read something of his history at Manchester United, He had his eye on David Backham from David Backham was a boy age 12. Some of his greatest players ran out for the first team at age 17 and 18. Nicky Butt, Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs. And in this chapter on the pipeline, he says this, Every game requires 11 starting players and even 7 substitutes. And our whole organization was designed to produce them. I always wanted to know about what the pipeline of players looked like for the team that we would select three years into the future. It is so much easier to produce a consistent level of high performance when you're nourished by young players who we help to develop along the path to success. 27 years at the top flight of the soccer world. 38 trophies during his tenure at Manchester United. How did Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson, because he was knighted by the Queen of England, how did he pull it off? Simply the pipeline. He was never short of aspiring and amazing young soccer players. And he admits that was one of the keys to his success. He teaches us, does he not, that there can be no sustained success without succession. That's true of a business. It's true of a football dynasty. It's true of a family tree. There can be no sustained success, no lasting impact apart from succession. And that's what we see Paul concerned about here in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. If I take the Ferguson analogy Paul is seeking to create and establish a pipeline of young preachers and pastors who will serve out into the future long after he's gone. Remember, it's AD 67. Paul's writing from his second imprisonment in Rome to Timothy who's in Ephesus. And Paul sees the writing on the wall, the days are short. His ministry will soon be over. He has kept the faith. He has stayed the course. He has fought the fight. And so he needs to know that there's a pipeline of young preachers and pastors, just like Timothy, his son in the faith, who will carry on this ministry long after he's gone. Listen to me. In his praying and in his planning, Paul wanted to make a 4G impact. And that ought to be the prayer of every father here. Every elder here, every man of God here, every aspiring young preacher here, you want to make a 4G impact. Paul wanted to see the gospel impact the fourth generation. Did you notice the language as he talks about his son in the faith and the things that he heard from Paul among many witnesses? And he wants Timothy to commit them to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Generation one. Paul. Generation two, Timothy. Generation three, faithful men taught by Timothy. Generation four, the faithful men teaching other men to be faithful. Paul wanted to make a 4G impact, and that's what you and I should aspire to. In fact, you see this, interestingly, if you go back to Psalm 78, you'll see that God told Israel to establish a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, and he commanded our fathers, one generation, to teach their children, the second generation, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, that's the third generation, and that third generation will rise up and tell them to their children, the fourth generation. So here in Psalm 78, you have a parent desiring to have a 4G impact. And in Second Timothy 2 verses 1 to 2, you have a pastor desiring to have a 4G impact. You and I need to be concerned about the development and the discipling of the next generation. Paul desires that the torch of the heavenly light be transmitted unquenched from one generation to the next. Listen, to whatever degree you exercise leadership, either as a father in your home, as an executive in business, as a board member in the community, as a leader in the local church, you and I need to understand there is no sustained success without succession. Leaders must not only produce followers, they must produce leaders. There's a lot of leaders who are producing followers, but they're not producing leaders who will produce followers and leaders so that their influence is not limited to the day in which they live. If you and I will produce leaders, we exponentially expand the kind of impact we're going to have either in the home, in the community, and in the church. Be a 4G impact leader. That's Paul's heart here. Let's give you a synopsis of where we're at and jump into the text. Paul has charged his son in the faith to keep the faith. Go back to chapter 1, verse 13. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing, that's the gospel or the treasure of truth concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. That good thing which was committed to you keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Now, when we get to chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul is picking up where he left off in verse 14. Because in verses 15 through 18, he kind of gets into a little bit of a digression. Having talked about faithfulness to the gospel and Timothy's need to stay committed to the treasure of the gospel, he kind of digresses into this thought. Now, there are some who are disloyal. I'm calling you to loyalty, but there are many in Asia who are disloyal. Look at verse 15. This you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me. But in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, he's back on his game. He's told Timothy to commit himself to the gospel, to keep the gospel, to preserve the gospel, to protect the gospel. And in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, he tells him how to do it. How do you preserve the gospel? How do we maintain the transmission of the treasure? By raising up a generation of faithful men. That's what Kindred Community Church exists to do. That's why we established a leadership track in our church just a couple of years ago where we handpicked 30 men who will go through three years of intensive theological study and apprenticeship somewhere in the church. Because you can only preserve the gospel and ensure its impact into the next generation if you do the hard work and the important work of raising up leaders. So let's look at this text. Now, the primary focus is the church. Make no mistake about it. I think this passage is really about raising up elders and pastors to offer leadership within the church. But it has an impact and an implication for fathers and men in general. It has principles that apply to seminary and the home and the business world. So three things if you're taking notes. Number one, I want you to see what I call the distinction Paul emphasizes. The distinction that Paul emphasizes. We're going to begin with the first word, you. I want you to circle that because it's justified to circle that, because this word kind of draws a circle around Timothy and singles him out. It's an emphatic. This sentence begins with this emphatic you. It arrests the attention, and it captures the affection of Timothy. Hey, Timothy, you, my son, be strong in the grace that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ, and raise up the next generation after you, as I have indeed raised you up. Paul is singling out Timothy, exhorting him and emphasizing certain obligations. He's establishing a contrast because in verse 15 of chapter 1, this you know, that all those in Asia have turned from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes, But you, in contrast to them, in contrast to the general drift going on in Asia, you stay the course. You stand your ground. You remain committed to the gospel as the treasure. You do the hard work of raising up young men that are cut off the same cloth as yourself so that they may be faithful to the gospel. In fact, if you read John Stott on Second Timothy, he'll say that this phrase you or but you or therefore you is one of the keys to understanding that this is a letter written to a young man to charge him. You'll find it several times in the letter. If you scroll down to chapter 3 and verse 10, we read but you. And again, he has just talked about false teachers in the preceding verses who have a form of godliness but deny its power. And then by contrast, by distinction, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Scroll down to verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And then finally, in verse 5 of chapter 4, but you... In contrast to those who have itching ears, those who want to be tickled by easy believism and doctrines that suit the human palate, in contrast to them and their teachers, you be watchful in all things. Did you notice how often this little phrase, but you or therefore you, comes in the context of a contrast, a distinctions being made. Here's what others are doing, and they're up to no good, Timothy. You be different be different stand out and stand up for Jesus Christ resist the prevailing mood of compromise fight even alone, the drift away from the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the master and me, his messenger, and the gospel message. That's the challenge, isn't it? Back in chapter 1, verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Guys, Timothy was to be a man of conviction, in a sea of compromise and consensus. Got a little bit of a challenge that's been in my face for a couple of days. I wrote this question down to myself and I pass it on to you. Are you willing to be the emphatic you? Are you willing to be an emphatic you? A standout alone witness for Jesus Christ. Theologically definitive. Morally absolutist. Evangelistically Bold. You're the kind of man who keeps an eternal perspective in a world that lives for the moment. You're the kind of man who serves in a world that looks after number one. You're the kind of man who's content in a world that's never got enough. You're the kind of man who's pure in a world obsessed with sex. You're the kind of man who is given to holiness in a world where anything goes You're the kind of man who's got a integrating passion that drives and defines your life in a world that can't be bothered. Are you an emphatic you where you stand out and you stand up? That's challenging, isn't it? Paul says, don't be conformed, pushed around by the world, squeezed into its mold. No. You determine what is that good will of God and do it. I like the quote of Jim Elliott, who was martyred by the Aucca Indians in the Ecuadorian forest. He said this before he ever got there as a student at Wheaton College Father, make me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another in facing Christ and me. Brilliant. And you've got that kind of sentiment going on here. You, Timothy, be different. I hope you're not caught up in this apostasy. I hope you're staying true to your convictions in the gospel. I hope you're living out what you profess. And you know what I need you to do, son? I need you to handpick some young men at Ephesus and pour yourself into them and get them ready to carry the torch of the heavenly light unquenched. That's the distinction Paul emphasizes. Secondly, I want you to see the dependence Paul encourages. Let's go back to our text. You, therefore, my son, here's the dependence Paul encourages. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He's just called him to be distinctive, to be bold, uncompromising. And before long, he'll be reinforcing that with images. If that's going to happen, Timothy, you're going to have to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to be like a hard-working farmer. Now, this isn't going to come naturally to Timothy, wouldn't you agree? From what we know, he's rather timid by nature. He has a proclivity to be fearful. We saw that in chapter one. I think it's implied by the thought, God has not given us a spirit of fear. In fact, in chapter four, I believe, of the first letter, Paul will say, Hey Timothy, you know, let no man despise your youth. He tended to look down as others looked down on him. He could easily be knocked off his game. In fact, that's why Paul in chapter one will say, stir up the gift. He's going backwards, his foot is off the paddle. So by nature, he's timid, and boldness and a standalone, standout stand-out commitment to the gospel won't happen naturally for Timothy. I think Paul, by nature, was a bit of a lion heart kind of character, not Timothy. And he would need to be encouraged to do this kind of thing. And then on top of that, guys, he knows what happens when you do what Paul has just encouraged them to do. You might end up in prison like the Apostle Paul, you know. Timothy's being asked to be strong, even suffer for the gospel in the midst of the drift that's going on in Asia. But how can he do it? He can do it according to the power of God. That's the dependence Paul encourages. Timothy.
0: You're listening to Philip DeCourcy here on Know the Truth. With a message on the importance of leadership development, we're learning from the biblical advice offered by the Apostle Paul to young Timothy. Purchase this message on CD or download the message for listening on your mobile device. It's online at ktt.org. Now, today's study reminds us that we can all be leaders because God has called each of us to stand for His truth and make it available to others. And Philip, you're going to relate this to lessons from the past.
1: Wayne. I mean, you know my, my love of history, I incorporate historical events into, into my sermons. And, and I've often used the imagery of the Greek and Roman armies and their uh, phalanx, the way their soldiers would kind of come alongside each other. I mean, the Roman army was formidable. Soldiers would stand side by side, shield to shield, and create this wall. And I've often used that in the context of local church ministry. You know, we do more together. And what's true of uh, my church and any church is also true of this radio ministry. Um, we need our listeners uh, to join hands with us and help us to continue to uh, move forward into 2019. As 2018 comes, uh, comes to an end, uh, we would love them to step forward and join us at the front lines of the proclamation of God's word. We can't do it alone. We have uh, a line of troops Uh, from present supporters and prayer warriors and people in our ministry. But we want that line to stretch further and further. We need an army of uh, supporters that will help us to continue to grow. Don't sit on the sidelines. Come alongside us. Join our ranks. And you can do that in a very, very practical way today. We'd ask you to consider making a donation. Sit down, write a check. Um, send something in the post. Better still, go online and connect with us at ktt.org. Thanks, Philip. We hope many of our listeners will step forward to give at
0: this crucial time of year. Consider a generous year in gift of $25, $50, even $100 or more. Again, you can make this donation online at ktt.org or call us at 888-644-8811. Again, that's 888-644-8811. You can also write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. However you choose to give, be sure to request the the hot-off-the-press Know the Truth Journal. We've prepared this resource as a special thank you for everyone who gives this month. Use the KTT Journal for taking notes in January when Philip begins a brand-new series titled Total Grace. Again, the journal is yours when you make a year-end donation now at ktt.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd signing off for today, but come back tomorrow when Philip continues to share the biblical principles for leadership development. That's Tuesday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.
1: my own manufacturing right here in the united states i have a 10-year warranty you can wash and dry my pillow and i give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose and here's my best offer ever you can buy
0: one of my pillows and get one absolutely free call 800-517-3636 or go to mypillow.com and use the promo code wava that's 800-516-3636 or go to mypillow.com Use the promo code WAVA, 800-517-3636. You've heard of Mark. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn.